Which word of the day? Today's word is liminal, adjective. Liminal comes from the Latin term limen, meaning threshold or boundary, a rite of passage. Liminality in witchcraft is often defined as an intermediate state or condition the transition from one state to another. Rituals that seek to enter the liminal state may include acts of initiation, of passing through symbolic doors, or of invoking the help of spirits who are guardians of the portals. The aim is to consciously enter the liminal sphere, to go between, and thereby be free to alter one's awareness, to learn new perspectives, to understand better, and perhaps change both inner and outer universes. You haven't even read that? Wait, what are you doing with the book? So he has the confidence to finish the story. Hear now the words of the witches. This is Kevin, and welcome to Words of the Witches, the Charmed podcast that will guide you through the lesser-known published material in the Charmed universe and decide how it fits into the grand narrative of the TV series. Ah, we're here again. Episode 11, we are into the page books. This is Charmed again. Very exciting. Um, I did want to correct some things because as I'm editing and reviewing the episode before, I keep noticing mistakes that I make and I want to just correct those because it irks me when I hear them when I listen to myself back. So I wanted to address that I said uh, Shannon Doherty's DUI was on Entertainment Weekly. I meant to say Entertainment Tonight. Na 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 na. If you remember that show, that's not on anymore, is it? But anyway, that was a huge, big thing, primetime show that told us everything we need to know in the entertainment world every day. And it was a great show, a great resource. Um, The other thing I wanted to address was I kept saying dragon demon. It's actually a dragon warlock. I do that all the time. I interchange warlock and demon. I just put everything under the demon category when that's not true. So I wanted to make sure that was known. Sorry. (laughs) And no one called me out on it. It was just me calling myself out upon re-listening. I also wanted to uh, read a new review we got. It was, this is a fantastic review. Oh my gosh, I am flabbergasted and amazed and so grateful. It's five stars. It says, I effing love this podcast. All capital letters, five exclamation marks, three fire emojis. Amazing already. (laughs) All right, it says, I knew I would love this podcast, but oh my gosh, I didn't know how addictive it would be. I started listening after episode 9 came out because I'm a total binger, and I'm kind of glad I did because I blew through them in two days. Like most Charm fans, the final episode in 2006 had me yearning for more, and watching every episode endless times was starting to lose its magic, so to speak. Listening to Kevin and his guests go through the books, which I haven't read but I'm going to now, fills me with such vivid nostalgia. It's like finding a box of unaired episodes. He has a way of breaking down the books that paint such a vibrant picture that I can see when I close my eyes. It really brings me back to the Sunday night I spent on front of the TV with my sister, who is also a Charmed fan. I enjoy the banter and chemistry between Kevin and his co-host and how they break down everything in the book, especially when they talk about the sisters' behavior and how they resemble or differ from the actor's portrayal on the show. He knows more about the show and magic lore in general than anyone I know, truly, and I mean this as the highest compliment, an obsessed Charmed junkie. He would definitely be an extremely powerful witch in their world. So what I'm saying is, this is one of the coolest podcasts, and it's quickly become one of my favorite things to listen to. Please read quickly and do more. The 12-year-old inside me is giddy for the next episode. May the power of three guide your way, Kareem. P.S. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one that tried to levitate or freeze things. It didn't work, of course, and I broke a few dishes trying. My mom wasn't happy, lol. (laughs) And that's from Creamy, C-R-3-E-M-Y. Oh, 
What a fantastic review. Thank you. And he uh, messaged me and was worried that it might be too long. But no, I am grateful for the stories and the experiences that you shared. And it just goes to prove that everything that I'm trying to do in this podcast is apparent. And uh, I appreciate that. So thank you. You guys can always still write a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or on Podchaser. Uh, Also, on the Anchor app, you can even leave us a voice message with any questions, comments, concerns. You can leave up to a minute long, as many as you'd like. Uh, Just go to our Anchor page and hit the message button, and you can record a little message for us that we can play on the podcast. So that might be a cool way to get featured. I also want to give you some context. Later on in this episode, I mention the names Brian and Sarah. And I want to tell you who they are so that when that comes, you understand. Uh, those are actually my younger siblings. Uh, my, Brian is the brother under me, and Sarah is my youngest sibling. I do have an older sibling as well, Nicole. She's a half-sister. So we are very much like the Charmed Ones. There's four of us with a half-sister in the mix. Um, but yeah, I share a memory of a prank I used to play on my younger brother and sister back in the day. And now, since it's the 11th episode, we have Best Batty Results from our first 10 books. <laughs> almost anticlimactic after all this time, doesn't it? It was the only way to get their powers. And now I want yours. Darkest forces, let it be. Hear my plea, bring life to me. Best Batty! <laughs> so, nobody sent in any emails to us. Nobody sent in their lists. But I did do some Instagram stories, and I posted every Batty an individual story, and people would vote to see if they were on their list. And uh, based on those numbers, I gathered enough information to make a top 10 list. So, starting from the bottom of the list, number 10, Justin Morgan the leader of the Coven of the New Sun from The Crimson Spell. Number nine, we have Charlotte Logan, the ghost from Haunted by Desire, who was trying to kill Phoebe and Betty, more or less. Number nine, who was number two on my list, uh, it was Falcroft. So he was a lot lower for you guys. Uh, And that's the time demon from Whispers from the Past. Number seven was Nikos from Soul of the Bride, Son of Hades. And then right above him from Soul of the Bride as well was Mitchell. So you guys did prefer Mitchell as well, um, but Nikos didn't even make my list. So he did, he must have been sexy enough for you, I guess. <laughs> then we have number five, Diana from The Legacy of Merlin, who is the campy druid lady, which we loved, but she didn't do much. But she is still middle of the road. She's number five. So I'm glad you guys appreciated her camp like we did. Number four, uh, another one that wasn't even on my list is Sacha the Clown from uh, uh, the Gypsy Enchantment. So, and you guys preferred him to Olga. I'm very surprised about that, which is kind of cool. So, interesting. Now we're into our top three. So these three, from now on, we'll move on to the next round. Number three is Athalok, my number one. And number three, at 16 votes. Uh, that's the Wind Demon, who very much resembles Jax. And then number two is Jeremy Burns, 17 votes for him, our very first warlock. I think he's just iconic. People have a love for him because he's so iconic, and he made it to number two. And at 21 votes, our number one spot is Gabriel Toussaint from Voodoo Moon, our lovely voodoo manipulative chick. 
She didn't have a lot of powers, but she did have those Loa incantations. She was making zombies, voodoo zombies. So I, I can agree with her as being number one. She wasn't as high on my list, but I can see how she got as high as she did because she is quite a formidable force and... You know, I'm, I'm happy to have her. Cool. So Gabrielle, Jeremy, and Athelok will move on to the next round of books. We'll see how they compete with our new baddies going forward. Carrying on this episode, we have James Mansfield back as my guest. He was on The Power of Three, our very first episode, and he's back today to be charmed again. And here we go. So we're going to do Charmed Again. Yes. The two-parter. The two-parter. And just like... Uh, our first episode, we are charmed again because you are here. Yes, and per this episode, I do bear a striking resemblance to Rose McGowan, so it all is kind of coming together. Uh, before we get started with the book, though, I wanted to ask how Vegas life is doing. Uh, Vegas is fantastic. It's hot. It's <laughs> hot. I did not expect that. We're getting to like 110 degree weather over here. <laughs> <laughs> and what is there to do there? <laughs> I mean, there's lots of casinos and um, actually I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There's like lots of stuff to do. I haven't got a chance to do any of it though, because I've been too busy doing work other places. Right. I work for the Brady Bunch. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So yes, it is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I saw all the pictures. I saw the trailers and stuff, but I don't have Paramount Plus, so I don't know if I can watch it, but (laughs) I should send you three, the free 30 day link they sent me. (laughs) Oh, See? After I already paid for it. Of course, of course. <laughs> but that, that looks like a really fun project because you have like drag queens wearing your wigs. You have the Brady Bunch actors wearing your wigs. Yeah, I mean, it was nuts. And I had like very, very little notice to do it. So I was very proud of what I was able to whip up in a few days. They look good. I, I'm proud of them. So Aw, thanks. And yeah, and I was going to, I'm I'm, t- I'm surprising you. I'm spoiling the surprise now. I was waiting and waiting. I'm actually coming to Vegas this weekend. What? For what? (laughs) Kind of for fun. Um, I'm doing some photo shoots, cosplay photo shoots with people down there that, um, so we have a Wolverine cosplayer and a Jean Grey cosplayer. They want me to bring my Cyclops and my Captain America. And we're going to do some photo shoots and stuff. So I'll have probably some time to come see you. That would be fun. I love that. Oh my God. It's been like, I would say it's been forever. It's literally been a month. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) let's see yeah because the first episode of this podcast started in uh february so we had you on then and then a few months later that's when you moved i know it was the inaugural podcast i know so i'm so glad to have you back it's exciting (laughs) yeah i mean it's an interesting way to start because the first podcast i did it was the very first episode the pilot and that's when like you know we fought all the sisters were coming together again and now the sisters are coming together again in a different way yeah, yeah. Charmed again. <laughs> so I guess uh, we'll get into the book. It's pretty straightforward. This book is pretty much identical to the episodes. And you did not read the book, you, because some some drag queens just can't read. Uh, but, but, but... Well, I can read. <laughs> I want to read. Okay. I'll... <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, the, the episode you watched will do you just fine because you'll know everything. And as you know, it's exactly the same. <laughs> so I assume that it probably didn't stray too far, too wildly away from the text, the, the TV show that I watched. Yeah, the, fir- the first book had 
many more differences. We could pinpoint more differences. And there are a few in this book, I'll point them out, but they're so minor and so minuscule that it, it doesn't matter as much. <laughs> yeah, like, does it begin the same way it does in the TV show with Piper, like, doing a whole seance spell and that little, like, Instapot? <laughs> yeah. Some, like, putting papers and stuff in there. What you really should put in there was a new contract for Shannon Doherty, but you know what? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly how it starts. I remember when I was talking to you last time about this, like we watched the episode together before I left and we I watched did. it again, but you told me that Shannon Doherty actually directed the episode that she dies. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is cathartic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she directed that one and the season before she died in that one too, in the season two finale. And she directed that one as well. So she uh, has fun. She's just constantly <laughs> edging us to think of this eventual death, I imagine. Like she's giving us signs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and season three in general is actually, there's a lot of episodes that kind of point to that happening. So it's been in the, it's been in the cards, I think, even before we knew it. <laughs> she was teletyping it to us with her eyes. Yes. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, sad times. But now we are on to new times. So (laughs) author is Elizabeth Leonard, even though she pretty much just took the episode and made it in different worded, different ways. Uh, Words in between. Yes. Yes. Uh, The date of publication was February 20th, 2002, uh, with a reprint June 5th, 2002. It has Phoebe in the middle, Piper and Paige. A uh, nice season four promo picture, and then Leo and Cole in the background, and they're like in a church hallway. And the, the tagline: "Can the power of three be restored?" Can I see the cover? Yeah, sorry, yeah, that's that's the book. Oh, okay, excuse me, on Rose McGowan for me. I'm trying to place where exactly in her career she would have been. This would have been right after she did the Killing Yards. Yes. Oh, such a Rose McGowan fan. I love it. I am. <laughs> I mean, it's very easy. She only has. She's only done like twelve movies. So. <laughs> Uh, and then the back of the book says, in this night and in this hour, I call upon the ancient power. Bring back my sister. Bring back the power of three. Uh, and it says, Piper and Phoebe Hallowell are devastated by the loss of their big sister, Prue. But even in their grief, they can't forget that they too are in mortal danger. The power of the charmed ones has been broken. Even them pray to every form of evil. Even Leo, their white lighter, and Cole, Phoebe's demon boyfriend, can't protect them. In frustration and despair, Piper casts a spell to summon a lost witch and bring back her beloved Prue. The spell does work, but not as Piper intended. A lost witch is found, heir to a shocking Hallowell family secret. But can Piper and Phoebe persuade her to assume her powers and complete the power of three? Yeah, so this episode was actually really, really good. I'm going to say that, like watching it back again. Like, I was surprised at how much it held me. Like, as far as charm goes, like some episodes can be a bit cheesy and some of them don't quite hold up to sure. Like This one, there was emotion. There was laughs, there was action. It was good. I was really entertained. I'm glad. And I think, yeah, especially with a big transition like this, you need to have all of those key elements and, and have something important. Definitely the MVP of this episode was probably Holly Marie Combs. Like she was doing a lot of heavy lifting this episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> Seeing Piper cry is like one of the most amazing things. And it will always get me. <laughs> like she's going from the funeral to like cutting jokes. Like when they get attacked at the funeral later, it was like, it was like very good. Like she really went back and forth with it and worked really well. Yay. I'm glad. So now we can get our summary started. Yes. Um, something that's interesting is this in the book, they tell us that it starts three days after the events of the season three finale. So after all hell breaks loose, it takes three days after. Whereas yeah, they when, planned a funeral in three days. Yeah. On the show, they don't, they don't, I don't know if it's that three days, but they'd say it's within that week or so. So 
this is the more specific that they tell us now. I assume it started with Piper doing her seance. Yes, it does. Spells. Yes. Yeah. She had her little Instapot going with the dry ice and everything. It was really cool. And um, she was putting things in there, trying to like summon some like witch spell. But like a lot of it wasn't really working because they don't have the power of three anymore. And it also seemed like the forces that be were working against her to make sure that she don't bring her sister back. It's like the book just deserted us and deserted Prue. And I don't understand why. Yes. <laughs> um, there was so much to unpack here. So you might have to help me with the summary because there's a lot of subplots happening in this. Yes. Too. So prologue starts with Piper at the Book of Shadows. She's in the, it's the middle of the night. She's trying to respell, like you said, to bring Prue back. What's cool about in the book, they actually have flashbacks to the episode before where um, she is being blasted through the wall and then Prue is being blasted through the wall um, by Shax. And oh, Shax. I thought it was Shakes. We read it at first, like Shakes the Clown. Like, oh, <laughs> not a very menacing demon name. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Shax. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as she's catching these spells, she's like, nothing's happened. But then she hears uh, a voice. She's like, Prue? And then it ends up being Phoebe. And Phoebe consoles her and she fights back her tears. She's like, we lost our sister. How can we ever understand that? We have tried every magical way to bring Prue back, but we can't. She's gone. Um, and I, Hadn't she died already previously to this? Who, Prue? Yeah. Nothing that stuck. Gotcha. So I guess the, her Achilles heel was just being thrown through walls. <laughs> I mean, they, they, yeah, they all get thrown into walls a lot of times, but this was like the first time they actually got thrown clear through a wall, I think. So that was made it, made it clear that this was like, whoa, something is more intense. And uh, she was bleeding out so quickly that um, she was dead before they got to her to heal. Ah, uh, that makes sense then. Okay. Okay, okay show. I'll pay for this one. <laughs> yes. And then they leave the attic together after a nice little pick me up of sorts <laughs> Prue will never forgive us if we look better at a funeral yes okay chapter one Paige is making out with Shane in the copy room I don't remember that <laughs> that's what's one of the few things about this book that's brand new so this is a new like introduction to her like Paige seemed a bit more innocent in the show like this this makes her sound like she's kind of a vixen I know I'm like wow <laughs> she's like hiding you know hiding from her boss in the copy room with her boyfriend like mm, all right <laughs> Mr. Cow and her boss comes in as Paige hides Shane. She is in the clear. Oh, oh yeah. so yeah, she's basically necking with her boyfriend and at work while on the job. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's a new discovery for your for your plot point here. I'm glad. I mean, Paige, a girl after my own heart. She's making out with boys on the clock. Good mm -hmm, for her. Mm -hmm. Love that. <laughs> Paige goes back to her desk to print a document her boss asks and notice one of her candles goes out. As she walks to the printer, she noticed a newspaper with Prue's obituary shown up. Mesmerized and distracted, she'd stare at the page and recognize Prue's name. She grabbed her jacket and left work, much to her boss's confusion. I have to go. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, printing, and then she walks. And then, what's this breeze I felt behind me? Oh, there's a newspaper. <laughs> Maybe I'm confused, but in the TV show, I don't remember her really being introduced until she shows up at the funeral. Oh, no, she, this was, this like, happened. Did they show her before? Mm -hmm. They had this scene is in okay. there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe it just like flew by me, but yeah, I don't remember like seeing her until the funeral. So yeah, that <laughs> makes sense then. Okay. Yeah, she, they, sh they first cut her in the scene and she's 
not making out with her boyfriend, but she's at her desk and she sees like her candle kind of flicker. She's like, all right. I do remember that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's what happens. And all the phone calls are going off and work happens. And then she's distracted by the newspaper and leaves. <laughs> I guess we're supposed to understand at this point that like, she's just been living as a muggle the entire time. Like, yeah. She, her powers have awoken now that Prue's dead. That's what they lead you to think. Although when they go back in the, a page from the past, season four, episode 10, you find out that she actually had her powers as a teenager too. At least her white letter power. She didn't have a charmed power, which was the telekinesis that Prue has, but she did have her power to orb back then. And she didn't, oh. she didn't know. She never knew. Why she can even orb before she meets up with her sisters and, and you know, they, and the chandelier comes and they get charmed. She doesn't get her telekinesis until that time, but before that she does have her orbing power still. And she didn't know about the power. She just, it would just be like a phenomenon, I imagine. Right. She's like, yeah, when, she, yeah. when she does it, she's like in disbelief or it doesn't even phase her or what. I don't know. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So chapter two, Phoebe is feeling in a haze and she's like walking around the house. She hasn't really processed her grief. Um, she's kind of in disbelief and like doing little tasks. Like she comes down the stairs, she greets her dad. Uh, which they call him Victor Hallowell in this, which is wrong because his name is Victor Bennett. The only time they called him Victor Hallowell was in season one. Uh, so that was a difference with this book. Uh, but uh, she repositions the flowers and she's moving chairs around, just doing like totally meaningless tasks. And then Leo is there. He lets Cole in the house and Cole goes to Phoebe. And this chapter is is interesting too, because it's another kind of recap of what happened in the episode before. Okay. So Phoebe is talking, she's having, the, the narration of this book is saying that Phoebe remembers what happened and she went down to Cole to get Cole in the underworld for help. The book says that after they're exposed as witches and the media goes a huge circus and everything, that they had to go to get help from Cole and that's why they went down there and they left Prune Piper exposed up there to deal with all the craziness. But, yeah. it, but in reality, that's not what happened. She actually goes down there first to kind of turn him good. She's like, there's there's still good in him. I can bring him back. Um, so that was her mission. She's like, she has a potion that's going like, to kind of take the evil away from him. And she's going to try to uh, make him good. And that's why she went in the first place. And she left way before they were exposed. Okay. Good to be filled in with this. Yeah. And the TV show, all I remember is that they're doing the funeral. And like, I had my little moment where I realized like, wait, they have a father. <laughs> come from but like right i'm jumping back into this after episode one so. right yeah there's probably because you were you were a very casual watcher so there are things episodes you probably missed in along the way and yeah like, i didn't realize the dad was still alive i thought they disney the parents right at the beginning now you know yeah he's alive through the entire series so okay mm-hmm. all right phoebe convinces cole to come to the funeral because he doesn't want to he's he says bounty hunters after me that's not a good idea that i go to the funeral but she's like i need you there uh so then daryl comes in and he gives condolences about prue but uh he's like there your murder case has been assigned to another inspector because i'm kind of they think i'm too close like they won't allow me which is realistic because there are a lot of times where like in season one where andy was investigating them when he shouldn't have even been on the case at all since he has the connections to Prue, but <laughs> this one makes it a little bit more believable. Victor is angry that everyone is talking about the case when they should be honoring his daughter. Yeah. And th- so that's good. Like, you go, Victor. You stand up for what, you- what is right. <laughs> and then it cuts to uh, Piper brushing her hair in her bedroom in the day of the funeral. Leah goes to get her. And she's like, I don't want to go. Because if I go, I mean, that Prue's really not coming back. 
I have it written down. Piper is brushing her hair exactly 1,000 times. <laughs> it's totally the marshmallow thing. <laughs> She's like, I have to take Prue's place of the, the ultimate brusher. <laughs> Lost my place. One. <laughs> yeah. I also like that she called Leo out for being useless. Right. <laughs> she did. She's like, why can't you save her too? Yeah. She's like, you got powers. <laughs> Funny how they just seem to work whenever you want them to. Mm-hmm. But being a light, a white lighter is like working at the DMV, apparently. Like, there's so many little loopholes they can't do. <laughs> so many rules. And really, the white lighter powers have been fairly inconsistent about what they can and can't do. It's like, I and can't... They, they come and go as it happens. Like, <laughs> I can't heal the dead, but I can heal this P3 neon sign for you because that's broken. Yeah, like, it was very touch and go with this. And especially in this episode, there's a lot of that white lighter issues going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the next one. Yeah. But then she um, breaks down in Leo's arms. Don't you understand? You healed the wrong sister. You saved me because I'm your damn wife. You should have saved her because she's the best. Yeah. Why do they put us through so much for it to end this way? Yeah, she was the best, wasn't she? I <laughs> loved Prue. <laughs> <laughs> she was She was the strongest. And they made, they made you know that that was part of the narrative that was important oh my gosh my notes oh nip tuck guy is here <laughs> <laughs> he is nip tuck guy i don't know his name in nip tuck but that's him i don't, I don't remember either <laughs> uh then now it cuts to the source which is another this is uh another kind of prelude scene that didn't happen he's testing his bounty hunters the bounty hunters are in like a mock fight against balthazar to see if they can kill him and when once the exercise is finished, they did succeed. But he's like, the real Balthazar won't be so easy. And then he dismisses them. And this is when his his female slut Oracle comes. Yeah, sexy Oracle lady. Yes. She was only in this episode, wasn't she? Like, she wasn't a recurring. I know she was in Brain Drain. So she's, she's kind of lingering around the beginning of season four, but doesn't last very long. Yeah, she was serving, though. She was, had the full, like, Gina Gershon and Showgirls kind of thing going on with, like, the little outfit and the hair i was living for her she also was one of those like kind of like the white layers where she seemed a bit useless but at least knew how to like convince people that she was more useful than she actually was <laughs> she had that flair she had the pizzazz and her voice like i see uh which is called on the spirit wins <laughs> i see another you know <laughs> was fully serving like i am not qualified for this job but i'll be damned if you're gonna damn me to have a I will sell it until you know, and I'll, I'll show my chest while I do it because that certainly helps. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do to keep your job, and like, especially considering her boss was just like fire blasting people left and right these past couple episodes. We'll get into it. Like this, the bad guy is bad. He like starts going in on her, saying like he's gonna threaten the killer if she doesn't like. I can't remember what he's looking for, and she like thinks on her feet. She's like, "Well, I have it written here." Oracle is like, sorry, bro. There's another sister and she's in San Francisco. <laughs> I was living for this. This was a very fun little addition, this Oracle. I, I really enjoyed her. I wish she was in more episodes. <laughs> she wasn't the best actress, but she was really fun. She is very fun. They're, actually, later on in season five, they do have a male Oracle that shows up. Oh, is he just as skimpy as this one? Yeah, he was he's shirtless in like some kind of like pajama pants. <laughs> And he has he has his oracle ball. I have an oracle ball over there actually, but he he holds it too, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm the oracle." <laughs> yeah, clearly the oracles lie on their resumes. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the Miss Cleo of, of fortune tellers. Prue's <laughs> <laughs> funeral. A Wiccan performs a beautiful ceremony. 
as a line of guests giving their sympathies dwindled, Paige arrived before Phoebe. I'm so sorry for your loss. Phoebe kept thinking she looked like so much like Prue. That's not. Again, that must be a line from the book because they don't look anything alike. Right. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, that's something in the book because um, they don't ever say that. She, she may have thought it. I don't know. But in the books, they they say, they describe Phoebe. She's like, she kept looking at this girl, thinking, seeing the resemblance and how she looks so much like her dead sister. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, they have dark hair, but they don't really look alike. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they dark hair, a tendency to star in bad movies. No, <laughs> You know, we'll give it to him. We'll give it to him. <laughs> All right. Phoebe gets a premonition of Paige being attacked by Shax. I still can't get over this name. Okay. As they make plans to follow her, the mausoleum is attacked by bounty hunters. Piper is furious that battles are happening at the funeral and she storms out. Yes. So, Rose McGowan's introduction, I have written here OMG, it's Rose McGowan. She's so young. Oh my gosh. I wrote that she walked out of work to go do hot girl shit. <laughs> yeah, just sit in the back of the funeral and look like like this, like Snow White, like <gasps> it was very Joe, there, like very Joe eyed. Sorry, boss, gotta go do hot girl shit. <laughs> I love that. Um, what I always was mad about. I mean, you probably wouldn't get this as much since you did, were only casual. But I was, I wish there was more people at her funeral that we've seen in in like past shows. Like, I would have liked to see uh Clevant, which was the father of Tyra Wilson or Max which was the boy she helped you know people that she helped in the series Bane or, or Justin or somebody who had a connection to her the boss from the museum that she almost killed with his tie like lots of people <laughs> yeah my ex-fiance should be there oh my god what do you think these funeral guests were thinking like looking at this like <laughs> this bizarre like you know funeral where it's clearly not Christian or anything like that. It's very witchy and no one's thinking anything of this. Like in the book, they bring that up. They just say, they just think that Prue is new agey and you know, this is for perfectly acceptable. <laughs> like we just tell people that, that she was a little new agey and they're good. I'm glad you mentioned that in the book, they brought that up because like, I was thinking about that watching it, like people at this funeral have to be looking around like what in the hell? <laughs> like if it were Portland, it'd be different. Portland, Salem, Seattle maybe, but San Francisco, no. So back at the back at the manor, uh, the funeral reception is taking place, and Phoebe is hoping Paige is there because that's what they do at funerals. They always have a second an- another place to go after. So they have like one for all their like witchy friends and like one for like all the normies. I imagine they can't have like all of their witchy warlock friends come to the funeral unless like maybe there's another funeral we didn't see. Yeah, and we only saw the muggle funeral right again there's no no ghost at this funeral no like mm-hmm. of course this is before it got too crazy where you know leprechauns and <laughs> other things are and things like that yeah yeah they did I, well they did have, did meet a fairy maybe they could have had the fairy there at the funeral that would have been fun cole calls out phoebe for a constant tidying and she's like it's better than falling apart isn't it uh, and so she's always cleaning because he notices that she never cleans usually and this is different for her. Phoebe, Leo, and Cole are discussing how to find the girl. She's like, I saw this girl get attacked. I definitely cannot let the same demon that killed Prue kill this girl. And she's like strangely attached to her for no real reason either. Like the only interaction they had was at the funeral and she's just like, I feel like I've seen her before. Maybe in a Wes Craven movie. I think she <laughs> dated Marilyn Manson. But, you know, she feels like she needs to save her. <laughs> I don't know if it's the spell or just the sister bond or that's, you know, who knows. 
but really she's trying to save her from making monkey bone that's probably what yeah. it was i love monkey bone <laughs> <laughs> she's really always that cute little cat creature <laughs> with the boobs out but still cat girl before cat girls were a thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a crazy <laughs> it's a crazy movie but i enjoy it i don't know why <laughs> anyway Piper appears and uh, she warns that to fight Shax, without Prue would be suicide. So they're gonna, Phoebe's like, we have to go save that girl. And Piper's like, no, that's stupid. You're gonna get yourself killed. Great. Piper was thinking on her feet this episode, though it's a good thing that Phoebe basically hears it, but then does it anyway. Because <laughs> it actually brought them back together. Right. Can you imagine if she didn't go? She says pass and they just go back to being civilians. Yeah. Lo and behold, there's probably like a fifth sibling we know nothing about. It's like X-Men, it's the Summers Brothers. There's always another brother coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> it was very soap opera, I have to say. Like, it was very much, you know, my secret sister from, you know, long times past. If Phoebe never went, Paige probably would have died. That's what creates, you don't know this, but this is what creates the Centennial Charmed alternate timeline where Piper's like a dominatrix killing demons like crazy. Phoebe marries Cole and she's like in a loveless marriage and sleeping with every other bodyguard. And... That would have been, and Paige would have been dead, and that would have been that timeline. You know what? That's not so bad. Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's it would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been super interesting to see how they got there, and that would be the first step. Huh. Mm-hmm. This is a comic book alternate idea. No, this is actually an episode in season five. Wow. Okay. It's it's actually from the hundredth episode, Centennial Charmed, and that's the one where Cole dies. Uh, but you see what would have happened if they never met Paige, and it and. Uh, just carry it on. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now uh, Piper wants to quit do- doing the charm stuff. She's like, I don't want to do this anymore. You can tell them that they buried their precious charmed ones when we buried our sister. So there's that. And then Phoebe and Cole decide to track down Shex together. She's going to go anyway, like you said. And as they're heading out, Daryl arrives with the new Inspector Cortez. She's like, I'm going to find this monster that did these murders that killed your sister. She's like, just trying to get out of there. She's like, I have to go. I have this other person to save. Leave me alone. Yeah, nosy inspector man who like really just does not know when to quit (laughs) is chasing after all the wrong leads. And like old boy, whose name I forget, his friend, the other inspector guy. Daryl. Daryl, yes, yes, yes. The hot cop that you love. Hot cop, yes. It's been a minute. (laughs) Yes, hot cop is basically trying his best to like, you know, stray nosy, the busybody cop off their trail. But like he is breathing relentless like he goes so over the top in this <laughs> like i think they send him to hell at one point <laughs> they do we'll get there yeah let <laughs> me uh, <laughs> i'm getting too far ahead okay okay so piper goes to the attic yelling and demanding that she needs to talk to her sister he has a spell to summon Prue's ghost but instead grams appears oh, here we go Graham tells them that she and patty are helping Prue through this Graham says they can't see Prue now because she needs to keep her from her destiny or because it would keep her from her destiny and disappears. Graham's could have let them see Prue. Just saying. They could have gotten that closure without having to like go chase after Paige. They could have done that too. I know. It's so, it's so stupid. It's like, hey, we're ghosts. You can summon us anytime you want. We even come in corporeal form. Except Prue. She'll distract you from your destiny. (laughs) Like, like, what what are you here for? Yeah, it's one of the biggest things that bothers me, but. I was like, I love how like the elder gods, like, no, you can send Graham. She's not going to stray them away anywhere. (laughs) She's not going to give them any information. (laughs) Every time she appears, she's just like, "Mm -hmm." 
He's like, I don't know a thing. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how did she, like, could, could she cross the street by herself? Like, it seemed like she needed a lot of help. <laughs> the floor gets slippery when it gets wet in the shower, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, very, very much that. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Grams annoys me, but I digress. <laughs> Paige is at P3 with Shane who has some hair on him. You know what he looked like to me? He looked like Michael Hannes. Listeners don't know Michael Hannes, but he's like, <laughs> he's, a, he's a mutual friend from our past and our old school days. But he looked like him to me. He did love him a blowout, like spiky hair kind of moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't place what he was. And I was also sitting there like, is he hot? I, is he? It's, uh, it's, it's kind of tricky because you, at first- Is it just you, the 90s? At he first dresses that's badly. You know, yeah, he dressed right. really badly. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do have a love hate relationship with him too because I think he's cute at first, but then when I see him move around, I'm like, you bother me. <laughs> yeah, and then he then like then things happen where you don't really like him so much anymore. Yeah, you no, know, we'll get into it. Okay, she feels compelled to go. Shane notices how pensive she is. Paige tells him that she was adopted and that her parents died. She went looking for her birth family, thought she might be related to the Hallowell sisters, and kind of felt connected. Paige draws a tikiri. <laughs> what, what word is this? You made that up. <laughs> that Triquat. Is, try it again. Say it. Triquatra. Triquetra. Triquetra. That is. Is that the little circly thing from the intro? From the Book of Shadows. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You, you made that up. Okay. <laughs> she draws. She draws the the charmed logo on a napkin and takes off with Shane to the rooftop. A source and the Oracle look at Paige in their ball. Okay, so we're getting to like Phoebe's vision now. Things are gonna happen. Things are gonna go down. Yeah, they're establishing a bit that Paige is a bit flighty, which is fine, you know, it's a girl's prerogative to do whatever she wants. Also, I guess you see why they established that she's making out with this guy in the copy room because she just goes up to a rooftop to make out with him. Yeah. After a few drinks in a nightclub, you know, very dangerous, but okay. It's like, oh, the stars. That, was, that too. <laughs> that too, which was very out of place. Like, I was just like, what is up with her? <laughs> she did seem like she was on drugs. And it's funny, especially considering that, you know, she doesn't drink anymore. She is acting like she's pretty drunk right here. So I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, like, what would it have been like to be like a fly on the wall for that scene where Rose McGowan has to do that dialogue? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel sort of free. <laughs> but yes, the Oracle and the Source. Is the Source the guy in the robe? Yes. With the hands? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Her. They're looking at Paige, and we'll get into the source, okay? They're spying in on her, and now it's your turn. Okay. So Phoebe and Cole scope out what she believes is the rooftop that she saw premonition in. So they go, like, on a building over. She's like, I think it's going to be this one. And then after a while, they see Paige and Shane emerge. Like, oh, there they are. Yep, see, my instincts were right. Okay, cool. Um, and things are getting sexy. Mm, yes, I'm going to take off my jacket and under the stars. Let's go, Shane. Let's make out. And uh, then Shax appears and he blasted Shane, but he's still alive. So uh, they're, and they're like, ah, Shax is there. And the Phoebe and Cole watch and it looks like he's going to go blast Paige now. But she orbs out of the way. Oh, yes. Her powers happen. Yes. And like, I imagine Shaq's powers don't work on bit players. So that's a way to establish that to ourselves. We'll explain <laughs> that away. Now. <laughs> and they're like, they're, and Phoebe's like, she orbed. She orbed? Oh, 
let's go over there. What's happening? <laughs> she gets really excited about it. And Cole's even looking at her like, why are you obsessed with this chick? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's go off some player and jump, drop off the face of the earth, disappear. Yeah, very much that. Um, let's see, where are we now? Uh, they go, oh, they're going to go save Paige. So they shimmer over there. And they're like, Paige, get out of here. We got this. And so Cole's like throwing energy balls at him. And Phoebe's like, he's like, say the spell, damn it. And so she reads the spell. And between the two of them, she actually is like, oh, this hurts. I'm going to go away. And so. Didn't Paige fully run off? She ran, yeah. She left her boyfriend there. She did. On the roof. She did. <laughs> I'm conscious. <laughs> she, to- she very much did that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, <laughs> yeah, so Shaq's escape. Cole gets busted by his last attack, and then he shimmers back to Phoebe before he hitting the ground. It's not too exciting, but yeah, Shaq's goes away, and they're fine. Phoebe and Cole are discussing with Leo, like, how can that girl orb? They can't really explain that. Is it possible that she's a white lighter? Piper listens to them at the sink, elated. Leo Ag- goes agitated. Sh- <laughs> agitated. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, I rewrote history there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so glad you guys went. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. She was very passive aggressive this episode. Mm-hmm. We're reaching that point in the scene. <laughs> That's part of the episode. Leo goes back to check with the elders while Cole goes to see if he can get any clues from the other side, which doesn't seem very wise. He's supposed to be in hiding. Exactly. She's like, are you sure? He's like, it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll make it work. <laughs> he's in demon protection program right now. And he just keeps going back and forth to hell. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's just cocky. He just thinks he's going to get out of it no matter what. He's just like, I got to deal with Ryan Murphy soon. So I'm only here for a few <laughs> more seasons. <laughs> Piper is pissed at Phoebe for putting herself in danger. She's also afraid of losing her too. Phoebe is freaking out and confused about all the things that just happened. Shane, she goes to tell, she goes to visit Shane in the hospital. Yeah, so she goes to visit Shane in the hospital in the series, in the show too. She's like, I'm so sorry. I just freaked out and I ran. She says that when she comes in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, bro, you totally left him up there to die. (laughs) (laughs) He could have died to be exposed to elements and she didn't think about it. Yeah. Nope. It is what it is. I see the heart. fact he didn't break up for, with her then is really remarkable. It really is. It really is. I'm surprised. <laughs> she goes to visit in the hospital. Cortez arrives in the hospital room, hoping Paige, oh, hoping to ask Paige some questions. Cortez is busybody detective, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, her. Paige isn't sure what happened or how she fits. Doesn't want to say anything. Oh, Shane wants Paige to tell Cortez the little she knows, but yes. Paige doesn't. Cortez thinks she is protecting the Hollowells. Which, to be fair, I mean, Paige just kind of gives off that vibe like she don't talk to the fuzz. Right, exactly. She's Mm -hmm. like, I'm in in social work. Like, I'm not a social worker, but I'm in it. So, like, I'm playing both sides of the coin right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because I ain't talking to porkies. And Shane is there. He's just like, hey, you you should tell him what you know. I told him that you saw the guy that attacked us. And she's like, Shane. And then... And he's like, he's like, do you know the Hallowells? She's like, no, I don't really know them. He's like, well, in a way you did, because you told me that you thought you were related. Yeah. Shane like, is a snitch. I- <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. he's not the only, like, Cortez ain't the only busybody in this room right now. Like, Shane is just blabbing on. Oh <laughs> and Paige is just like, quit shooting the breeze. Right. 
Uh, but, like after watching this, it's like she, she left him to die, and she don't want to snitch. Paige is a real one. She really is. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's the hospital room. Is there chapter eight? So it has Piper and Phoebe, and they are seen by the fire. They're kind of just like a general sadness because they're still sad over Prue, and it's just, it's like the same day. So it's just the same day after all this happened. So and then Leo orbs in, and he, and he tells them that the elders don't know anything about this girl, and they can't explain why she orbed. So she's definitely not a white letter right now. And so then Cole shimmers in and comes in and he's like, actually, the source thinks that she might be another charmed one. And they're like, what? How is that possible? Okay. And then Piper's like, I'm going to go with summon Grand because she's like, your destiny still awaits. She says, there's a reason for everything. She says, I'm going to summon her and figure out what that reason is. And she's like, I'm going to call this bitch out. Exactly. <laughs> like she, she is keeping something from me. I don't like her. I'm mad at her. Yeah, like... Like I said, Piper is the MVP of this episode. Like she fully is just not, she's over it. Yeah. Like she's like, my sister's freaking dead. I don't, I got a new sister now. This is too much. Get this old bitch here. We have to have a discussion. <laughs> Vince is no words here. She's like, oh girl, what is with this sister? What did my mom do? <laughs> exactly. So she summons Grams and she's like, why does the source think that the child woods can be reconstituted? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, she's full of like, well, I don't know. She's like, I can't. I'm sworn to secrecy. It's like, by who? And then P- Patty comes and she's like, it's me. I told her not to say anything. So now mom is here. They pick very peculiar times to relay information to each other. <laughs> I, I feel like after one dies is the perfect opportunity to say, oh, by the way, you got a secret sister. <laughs> right but no i'll just wait until you call us out on it and then i'll tell you <laughs> very that like they're very waspy in that regard <laughs> mm-hmm. not until they're caught and they step in it yes there's a fourth sister and yeah. it's rose mcgowan it's rose mcgowan half white letter half which patty had an affair with her white letter and that's the this is the love child from that did we ever get any flashbacks to that at all this this storyline was kind of set up in season two okay because we, we do learn that she had had an affair with her white letter and that it was the parallels between her and Leo, Piper and Leo and her and Sam. And, we, and Sam is alive in, in P3H2O and he, we see Patty's ghost and they kind of, he dies on that and they kind of go back to the afterlife together. Uh, okay. But we, ne- we this is the first time we learned that they had any children. We just knew that they were together. So. So, what, which also raises the question for me, does that mean that she was in a loveless marriage with their father or she just loved both guys? Mm-hmm. Patty just loved love. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's a crazy history because she, she really did love Victor and they were together for a while. Grams did not like Victor because he was too mortal and um, she didn't really trust him to do with any of the magical stuff. So he was kind of chased out by Grams a lot of the time. He, they had fights about it. And so he they were separated shortly. Um, and then they came back when Phoebe was born. Meanwhile, she knows all about this secret white lighter affair, which is forbidden. She does know all about it, yes. But she's all for it. Right, right. Because <laughs> she's exactly. a messy bitch that loves drama. Right. <laughs> Very that. <laughs> so they separated for a while. They came back. And then eventually Victor found out about the affair he was, she was having with her white lighter. And they divorced and they broke up and then she carried on her her brief life, like a, like two years left of her life with her wife. Carried lighter. a baby to term somewhere down yeah. the road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it. That's charmed. We'll give it to them. You <laughs> can have it. Yes. <laughs> Patty tells them that they gave the baby up when, to a church when she was young. And that's what they did, Sam and I, in, in hiding. <laughs> yes. Okay. All <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like the beginning of the Mario Brothers movie. 
<laughs> the Mario Brothers Princess movie. Daisy away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but as as the ghosts are talking to them, Inspector Cortez breaks in. He's like, "What is this? Who are these ghosts? Ooh, I caught you in the act, bitches!" Search warrant. What the? F- what kind of no search warrant barging into an attic? <laughs> like, yeah. did he scale the building? <laughs> <laughs> He was short enough, went through the vents. I don't know, but yeah, that was also one of those things that's like, no matter what, like, one, he's going to look crazy as hell. Yeah. Even if he presents that footage. And two, girl, I would have just let it happen and go, like, sued the police department because they entered your house without permission. Yeah, that's true. He did. So, <laughs> yeah, that is definitely a change of events, which leads to, I believe, somebody banishes him to, oh, they do the spell. Yeah, and they it, can't think of the words to it. It's your chapter right now. You can talk about it. Okay, so it's chapter nine. Cortez cocky reveals that, oh yeah, he caught them doing something after all and believes they are to blame for Prue and Dr. Griffin's death. Who's Dr. Griffin? Oh, Dr. Griffith was in the episode before, the one where Prue died. Um, oh, okay. He was the innocent they were trying to protect. So Shax was actually after him. He was supposed to kill him but they were protecting him. And so he killed the sisters and then he killed him. Ah, uh, okay. I killed right, right, him. Yeah. Right, right, right. He threatens them and Daryl knocks him out with the back of his gun. Yeah, sexy cop takes care of the day. Graham <laughs> suggests that they put a spell on him to send him somewhere, anywhere. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he sends him to Timbuktu. <laughs> Timbuktu, you sent him to Timbuktu? Isn't that just like a tourist city? I mean, it's not that bad. Probably. I don't know. I have to I, look. <laughs> I don't know much about it, honestly. I think there's like, I think there's like a restaurant called Timbuktu. <laughs> yeah, it could have been just been Timbuktu in San Francisco for all we know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, some, specify. it's like a specialty, you know, uh, cuisine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that happens. And then the uh, hot cop is basically like, um, you guys did not send him to Timbuktu, did you? And they're like, um, we certainly did. And they're like, well, how the hell am I supposed to explain that? Right. <laughs> so Cole goes to find him. With some parting words of wisdom, Graham and Patty disappear. Piper is completely overwhelmed, but agrees to save her. Downstairs, Paige arrives at the threshold, nervous. Phoebe guides her in and introduces themselves. When the three touch, the chandelier glows, like when they first got their powers. Oh, right from the first episode. Callbacks, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yes. Yes. <sighs> and then Shax bursts through the door. And Leo held him off. The sisters run to the Book of Shadows, and Piper and Phoebe get Paige to read the vanquishing spell with them. Shax is destroyed rather easily, too, I will mention. Because you needed the power of three. The whole time you needed the power of three to vanquish him. And all the last episode, they did not have the power of three around because they're always separated. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, they play Scooby-Doo a lot when it comes to vanquishing demons. You're just like, you're better together. <laughs> That's how it works. Yep. But Phoebe, Phoebe was just dead set on going to find Cole and not being with her sisters. I see how it is. Shaq's <laughs> destroyed. Paige, confused and horrified, wondered what she was just turned into and runs out. The source, upset with the Oracle because Paige has joined her sisters, Oracle reminds him the window of opportunity where there is a new witch can be swayed to good or evil. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah that was a new rule where apparently if a witch just discovers she's a witch, you basically just have to convince her to do crimes. And then they'd be, they'd be bad witch. Yep. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> yep. Kind of like uh, if some if there's a human that they're trying to turn into a demon, after their first kill, they're they're fully converted. So this is like if a witch kills somebody, 
and within 40 hours of their powers they're they're doomed to be evil forever that's just the way (laughs) (laughs) she is now on a path to evil yeah okay the source possessed shane just before Paige came running to him oh yes okay yeah so the source possesses shane and this is where we get bad shane which is also doesn't help is shane hot argument (laughs) (laughs) is he or isn't he is he i mean he's bad now that's usually hot but I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're on chapter 10. Yes, chapter 10. Piper and Phoebe tend to Leo's swollen muscles. <laughs> 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 so when he jumped on Shax's back to distract him, he got knocked out by Shax. And they're like, how's it possible for an angel to even get knocked out? You are, after all, technically dead. And yeah, and then they ask him how he can get a white light knocked up because... I mean, that's double entendre because Piper wants to have a baby with Leo, but also because, you know, Patty's white lighter got her knocked up. So I think it's kind of talking about both of those narratives. I think Leo probably just got knocked down and thought, well, I'll just rest here. (laughs) They got this. I I held them off for as long as I could. Yes. (laughs) What's it called? Like when you loosen the jar up when you're trying to open it for somebody? Oh, yep, yep. (laughs) Loosened them up for him. Mm-hmm. Daryl arrives asking where Cortez is because it's like, okay, they're they're asking about him now. You said you would get him. Uh, you need to get him. And so Cole Shimmer's in and then he fights off a few bounty hunters and then he says that he does have Inspector Cortez. He did find him, but he put him in hell. He put him above purgatory in like the lava pit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you could have just, I don't know, cleared his memory. If he, if you really want to get street, just tie him up in the basement. You said that the purgatory, <laughs> purgatory. <laughs> Cole Why hates the memory? guys. Isn't there, a, isn't there a spell or something? <laughs> they they do. White lighters have memory dust. There's lots of ways they could have done this. <laughs> hey, this is so much. Like they really were just not about their stuff. This episode where they're just like, I could do an easy route, but let's just jump to the biggest extreme possible. <laughs> <laughs> Like, of course, he's not going to work or operate after you put him in purgatory. <laughs> I know. Like, that's going to really shake him up. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. But, but Cole, Cole really hates the guy, though. So he's just trying to torture him at this point, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, old habits are hard to break. You know, he loves being a demon. But I guess he loves Phoebe more because he's not leaning into it so much. He could have just right. killed him. Right. This, this is him showing mercy. This yeah. is Cole being nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, be grateful. Be grateful you're here. <laughs> I could have turned him into a pile of, a pile of ash, which happens a lot in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Company tells them that he has been hearing gargoyles, which indicates that the source has surfaced because the gargoyles are supposed to ward off evil. And when the source is here, they wake up and go, <laughs> Yeah. That... I missed that part in the episode. Did they explain that in the episode too? They do, yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe I just wasn't paying attention because Julie McMahon was talking and he's not one of the girls. Yeah, right. (laughs) But yeah, uh, Piper and Phoebe plan to go to the church their mom mentioned where they dropped Paige off as a baby to see if they can find any answers about where she might be. And that's the end of that chapter. Okay, so Shane is released from the hospital and Paige takes him to her apartment. Paige leaves him while she goes back to work. Okay, so is this the part with the bird? Yes, Yes, that, Oscar. That, was, that was glazed over in your summary, I'll help you know. Like, that well, was some traumatic shit. Well, that's because it's the the bird, that's another difference that they, the bird does not officially die in this book. 
Uh, does the bird die in another book? No. <laughs> no, no. Is there but, ever a bird? <laughs> they, they, they do mention the bird. So the bird is in here, but she's like, she's like, you know, if if Oscar starts being loud, just cover his cage up with the with his sheet. He'll go to sleep. So yeah, and the source is like, okay, a sheet of fire. <laughs> right. In the in the show, he's like, I'm gonna flick my eyes and you burn up into dust. But in in the book, he, he Paige just comes home and his, his cage is covered. She just assumes he's in there. So she he probably mm-hmm. did kill him, but they don't they don't tell you, and Paige doesn't go to look. So <laughs> yeah, she doesn't make very she's clearly not a girl who's very organized with anything. So she probably just assumed it was probably weeks before she took the sheet off that cage. Right. <laughs> And then later on in season six, she'll meet a dog named Oscar. I wonder if she has any memories of her bird when she met the dog Oscar. You know, this is these are questions to bring up to Rose McGowan. All she remembers of that dog about the dog is that he humped the dog humped her leg a lot in that episode. <laughs> Cole and Leo go to retrieve Cortez, which I do remember in the episode. They go to the little vortex of hell where he's just sitting there on the wall, just like ah. Yep. And it's like. I wouldn't want to go with him either, but I guess he has no other choice here. <laughs> He's in the pit of hell. Yeah, where else could I take you that's worse than this? So I'm like, all right. <laughs> Piper finds the church with a phone book and then sees Phoebe in Prue's bedroom. She grabs Prue's leather jacket, remembers when she borrowed it, and her boyfriend's cat pee on it. <laughs> Phoebe breaks down crying, realizing that Prue blamed Piper, never knowing it was really her. <laughs> Do yeah, the one time we see Phoebe cry over Prue. She's just sitting there like, oh, I'm glad she's gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I'm the star. No, um, Piper <laughs> confronts, comforts Phoebe. Phoebe, Phoebe. Sorry, I read P and it's just on my mind now. Yeah. Piper confronts Phoebe and they bond over their grief. They know they have to protect Paige. Yeah, this was actually a really tender moment. And like, I was really like touched by it. I was like, aw, now yeah. I miss Shannon Doherty and she's never coming back. Yeah. Like she's not coming back and that sucks. <laughs> it does, it does. Paige is at work. She's asking her uncle, she's on her phone with her uncle Dave. And she's like, hey, remember that church? How's Aunt Julie? Uh, what's Sister Agnes up to? And what's the- of course her name is Sister Agnes. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the name for sure. <laughs> and I, remember, I recognize this actress from a show. I can't remember if it was, was it touched by an angel or was it? She definitely had a journey woman actress vibe to her. Like you've just seen her in everything. She was in something. I can't remember what it was, but I remember I've seen her. I think it was maybe it was that one show where like, I don't remember the name of it. I'm not even gonna try. But... I'm still blown away by the fact you watched Touched by an Angel. <laughs> I, did, I did, I did, I did watch Touched by an Angel, yeah. And I used to pretend that I was like possessed and there was an evil me. And then I was Andrew, the angel of death that was like the good Kevin and then there's real Kevin and I would, Brian and Sarah hated me because I was always making them think that I was being possessed. But <laughs> like, Kevin, no way. And then I would chase him to the house. I'm just glad to hear you're ha- you were having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was in that yeah. case, it's fine. What's funny though, she's on the phone with her, her family that she mentions in this episode, family that we never hear about again or know. Yeah, they kind of drop off the face of the earth. Yeah, forget all about them because they don't matter to me anymore. <laughs> Paige sees Mr. Grisanti, which was that um, man that she was mad at for like hurting his son. She thinks he's like beating his son and she's like, oh, yes, I, I don't like him. And then she sees that Mr. Cowan is allowing him to let the, their son go home with them. I'm like, what? And he's like, hey, he was very persuasive. Yeah, you don't have the evidence to convict him of anything. So we we have to let him go. I'm sorry. And Paige is like, ugh, the stupid job. She's- 
I could be a social worker if you were cheap ass would let me be one. I'm like, is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> they pay me and I'll be one. <laughs> you have to go to school to become a social worker. We don't know her background, I guess. Maybe butt out. Okay, maybe I don't know what she's gone to school for. Maybe she's just working her way up the ladder. She went to college. I don't remember if they say what she studied. She did get into college because she wrote a powerful essay on the death of her parents. And that's what happened. Well, all right. I wonder what she was like as a student because she's not very good at the job she has now. She keeps leaving it. That's true. Paige is in a fit. So she leaves work. She's like, I'm going to church. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) She pulled that card. Like, get out of get a work free card because you have to go to church yeah okay uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> so she goes to visit sister agnes and she's like hi i just want to know if you know anything about my past and she's like oh you come from angels yeah she has like a full moment with her in this rectory where she's just like i have been waiting for you my whole life Okay, like this is the most exciting thing that has ever happened to me and I can't wait to tell you all about it. Like she has the blanket, she practically has pictures. <laughs> right. I knew one day you would come. I was, I just counted the hours. <laughs> A little ironic considering it's like the angel she's waiting on is Rose McGowan, who at that point in time, like the last movie that you can like, like comes to memory is like devil in the flesh. like the girl that did poison ivy movie ripoffs like okay but all right yeah she was an angel to me at that time too so i mean this is good good. i like this yeah this works (laughs) and then piper and phoebe come in and she frees the nun and they're like hey is that our blanket she's like no it's mine and (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh she gets a little bratty she does during this next couple of sec. yeah she does (laughs) Paige is horrified at her new sisters she asked to be left alone Piper and Phoebe told Paige that she has a special power that procured her curiosity. They tell Paige that she has the power to move things with her mind like Prue. After a few failed attempts, the candle to church upon saying its name, the candle orbed across the room into Paige's hand. So yeah, that was different. Yeah. And we established like Prue's powers in that first episode. Like she had certain ones that she had that never showed up again, but they kind of established in canon like she can move things. Right. It's very carry. If I concentrate, I can move things. No. <laughs> um, so that power is called telekinetic orbing, and that's how Paige's power works with the telekinesis. I'm sure the prop department loved that because all they have to do is a little special effect now. <laughs> Just move it across the room. <laughs> Just hand it to her. <laughs> right, exactly. Put some put some blue lights on and stop the camera, and there you go. <laughs> uh, like, sh- <laughs> no more of that string shit to get in Shandori's hand. <laughs> Let's see, the sisters hear gargoyles screaming outside the church. Yeah, that was something that struck me off guard because I missed the part with mentioning gargoyles. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like the gargoyle that comes to life and starts screaming its CGI mouth at um, (laughs) Shane, who's like stunned to the floor because of this. Like the screeching is pinning him to the ground. It's like, Paige, I'm gonna open the doors with my magic, but you didn't notice my magic, so haha. Yeah, it's very that. And like, that doesn't raise raise any red flags for like Paige. He's just sitting there with nothing there that should knock him to the ground except for screaming gargoyles on a church. Yeah. It's like, there's a factory producing red flags for her at this point. Yeah, Shane appears yelling for help. Paige runs to him and Shane and the source push Phoebe and Piper and they fall, and they when they try to follow. He does like this and they fly across the whole church back to the altar. <laughs> yep, they do. And they scream, they go, ah! And she's like, what the hell was that? And then the nun comes back. She's like, that's a good question. 
<laughs> How'd she get unfrozen? Her freezers only last a certain amount of time, especially if she's not actively doing it. So, oh, okay, okay, that explains a lot because there's a lot of moments where she just froze people and never went back to unfreeze them. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so eventually it wears off. Yeah. Like it's a bunch of people in San Francisco just like <laughs> <laughs> for years and years and years. <laughs> Cole and Leo go to the lava pit where Cortez was. <laughs> and this is where they go to save him. So before Cole's like, yeah, I put him there and then nobody goes to get him. So <laughs> now they're finally going to get him. And uh, Cortez was distressful and he's like, I'm still going to expose you. You guys are evil. It's like, oh, I know you're evil. Um, but then Leo's like, yeah, where would I take you? That's worse than this. So he orbs him to safety. And then Cortez immediately calls for his surveillance team. He's like, I want all 24 hours surveillance team I'll take the first shift. And then Daryl comes and he grabs Cortez. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, these sisters are the best people I've known my entire life. It cost them their sister. How dare you? La, 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 la. And so Daryl gets mad. And Cortez just like, I don't care. I'm digging my heels on when I'm wrong. Exactly. But bear in mind, they didn't do a very good job of swaying him to the other side on this argument here. They didn't. <laughs> I mean, pretty much he's just he's being threatened and threatened and threatened. That's not the way to, to get him to change yeah. his mind. And again, Leo could have wiped his mind at any moment. I know. He's literally just a splinter of a problem that they just keep letting get worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Cole's impressed by Daryl. He's like, yeah, that's a good guy, that Daryl guy. Cool. <laughs> and uh, that night, Leo and Cole tell Piper and Phoebe about the 48-hour window, and they realize that they need to get to Paige before the source turns her evil. So like, okay, that's great. Who made up these cockamamie rules? Shane, as the source, comforts Paige in her apartment. Just like appears behind her naked. Yes. <laughs> Nude behind her with the shower going. Yeah, so uh, one thing before that, Piper and Phoebe in the attic, and they say the enchantment spell on the glasses. So they make the enchantment spell to try to ID the source, and they say it and they cast it on these glasses that gives them the power to see any darkness and then it goes to Paige in the shower and she comes out of the shower she's in a day she looks at her mirror and she wipes the fog away and then Shane is like appears behind him and he's he's, he's naked <laughs> he's like I'm you're naked I'm naked now too because that's what we have to be it wouldn't look great if I wasn't enjoy my chest hair while you can yeah and... <laughs> yeah and it's just like again we're back, brought back to the question like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can't. We may can't know decide. by the end of this episode. Who knows? <laughs> yes. Um, but he he comes behind Paige. He's like, use your power for yourself. Oh, I'm the source voice. And you need to go kill that man that you hate so much. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, Paige is just staring blankly in the mirror. Just like, yeah, this thing's legit. <laughs> I know. It's like, where is this turn from? Like, he's not possessing you right now. It's supposed to be your own free will, but apparently you're like influenced that heavily by your maybe the shower water was something. I don't know, but maybe, you know, <laughs> it was a busy day. She's like, use your power, call for his life. <laughs> la 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 la. And she's like, ah, and she's like looking in the mirror, and then the mirror explodes. Piper and Phoebe find Paige outside her work. Jake Grisanti? Grisanti, yeah. Grisanti is on the ground in pain. His wife is calling for help, which is skipping a little bit. Like in the book, they mentioned that like he had that little moment where the demon guy swaps out and swaps into his body. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen in the book. Yeah, that happened in the TV show where like Paige sees him and she's like, oh, this fucking guy again, this dude. And 
her boyfriend came to work with her. He just kind of walked into the bathroom and maybe she didn't know he was there. Yeah, but. well, either way, he bounces from body to body. He jumps into Mr. Grzanski's body and he has this moment like in the window with the blinds, just like, ha, 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 I'm gonna keep beating my kids. Yep. And Paige just like, ooh. <laughs> yep, he's just really trying to egg her on. Meanwhile, like he jumps out of his body back into Shane's when like we see them in the bathroom together. And some old boy is trying to like comfort Shay and bring him back to life. And the source ashes him, like completely blasts him in the smithereens. He's like, yeah, he's like oh, I think he fell. Can you help me? <laughs> like, yeah. Goodbye. Holy shit. Like, it's just like, yeah, that, the second person that's died for, or second being that's died for no reason here because of right. yeah, unnecessary blasting. But yeah, Jake is back to normal and Paige is feeling compelled now. She's got the darkness in her. She goes outside and starts grabbing his heart and trying to like orbit to herself, which I feel like would be easier to do. Right. Why is this one taking so much longer than the candle? Yeah. <laughs> it's like going off dial up how long the spell is taking. Like she cannot get this orb to go to give her this heart. But like the girls show up and they see the little darkness surrounding her. And Phoebe and Piper try and stop Paige and they let Leo grab or grab Paige and orb her away, which, you know, she gets real evil. Like again, Paige gets really, really bratty this episode and very <laughs> defiant and we'll get into it. But later on, Piper does what I was hoping she would have done at this moment. Leo orbs her back to the house. Jake gets back up and tells his wife he won't be covering for her anymore and to stop hurting their, hurting their child. Oh, it was his wife all along. It was Why Agatha we... all along. Agatha all along. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to secretly hide hurting your child. <laughs> yeah. The charm wasn't prepared to unpack that. So they just said, no. you know what? Take your twist and be happy with it. Exactly. <laughs> That's all you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the manor, Leo is having trouble convincing Paige she's not evil. She keeps orging, orbing objects around the room. Like, she is literally taking fine china and throwing it against the wall. <laughs> like she launches at the girls. Mm -hmm. Lamps and like knife. She's just throwing everything she can. Which brings me back to my point originally I was trying to make about Piper where she eventually did what I would have done. She like runs up the page and just shoves her to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a big sister do. She's just decks are right to the floor <laughs> <laughs> so piper's attempting to go grab the book of shadows but she's blocked by shane who throws her into the staircase <laughs> or is it the wall i feel like phoebe gets the wall piper got thrown to the staircase yes yes like a lot of repairs have to happen to this house all the time all the time like their contractor must be a happy man mm -hmm. like asks no questions and just does the work a lot of times that guy is leo so that might be part of it oh okay <laughs> phoebe sees shit that shade is the source like she has on her little x-ray glasses which we have that moment where you got to see cole in his demon form with the glasses on she's like woo yes it's like well i know what i'm not doing again <laughs> and yeah she sees that shane is the source Paige starts to question Shane after seeing his powers. Shane starts to morph into various people like her boss, the boy's mother, the little old, boy, a little boy. <laughs> and she eventually like starts to see through it and she takes the boy and shoves him <laughs> to the ground. It's one of the funniest things. It's like the little boy with dark <laughs> eyes. Cause he's like attacking Phoebe and she's like electrocuting her or whatever. She's like, no, <laughs> like, throws like she nopes that little boy right to the floor. Yeah. She has like a whole, she has like a whole half circle throw. <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe attempts to fight him and is tortured in the air. Paige comes to her senses and throws him away with the clock chimed at 48 hour window ended. Paige was good. 
Yes. So yeah, that's how that worked. Although like, didn't he technically sway her because she was about to rip that guy's heart out? Right. That's the thing. Like it says that you can't, she has to be her own choice, but you can tempt her. So you can do the tempting and stuff, but it seemed more than that. It seemed like she was under a spell. She, she was fully ready to rip that guy's heart out. Right. So it, like she was doing it. <laughs> yeah. It seems a little a far fall into darkness very quickly, especially for yeah. someone who's, who's choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, either way, apparently, much like you know, the source and you know the powers that be of good, their rules don't really seem to apply all the time. So, right. <laughs> even though that little thing happened, she still was good technically. Yes. Okay. By technicality, she was good. Right. So she is still a good witch and he failed and the source is like oh and i believe he just vanished well it wasn't a complete loss at least i got Balthazar. like yes <gasps> that didn't even get covered did they cover that in the book where he got stabbed i'm going to talk about that at the end okay yeah. okay <laughs> oh right cortez with his 24 hour surveillance team which is just him in a camcorder <laughs> yeah. runs in and he's like, ha ha! <laughs> and the source sees him and just throws him against a coat hanger and kills him. <laughs> like, what a way to go, too. Like, you get stabbed in the back by a, by a hanging hanger. rod for a coat hanger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Leo goes and heals him. So it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not going to expose the girls anymore. But one thing that's interesting to note about here, too, is in the book, the hole in his coat and the co- and the hole in his shirt stays, but and always in the show the clothes heal too. <laughs> that's just you know that's just it's just cheaper to do it that way and easier to do on the effects. But <laughs> known fact that white lighters are also incredible seamstresses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll heal. We'll heal your holy clothes. That's fine. So they all go to find Cole, and he's bleeding to death as he had been stabbed. So. In the book, they don't have that scene where he stabs Cole. So it's it's more implied. Like, things happen, but they don't always show everything that did happen. <laughs> yeah, and the show, like, Shane murks him. Yeah, he, like, he, like, because <laughs> he, like, flames close to Cole, and he gets a scent, and he, like, come find me. And then he's like, stands there, and Cole's, like, okay, I'll follow you. Goes to, like, track him down, and then as he about to grab Shane... She turns around and stabs like, like a, a sword. Like it's a full sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I was watching this like, okay, Cole is a demon, like a very well-versed demon. Like he's like one of those top tier demon-y guys. Like he's yeah. good at his job. He fell for the old mafia shank. Like the old shiv to the gut. <laughs> <laughs> he did. It was, I'm always amazed how like some of these super powerful people can be killed by such main, mundane things. It always amazes me. Such a well-acclaimed demon. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, he was off his game, okay? Yeah, so they go find Cole. He's bleeding to death. Phoebe's freaking out. She's like, no, Cole! And he's like, he's about to, he's like gasping for air. He's he's like literally seconds away from dying. Yeah, coughing up blood the whole bit. Mm-hmm. So Piper freezes Cole and just to stop him from further going into the depths of hell or, you know, despair. And she's like, Leo, heal him. And he's like, I can't heal demons. I can only heal a human half. Which is something they consistently said, but still. Which, again, like, thankfully Paige was there. And Paige was just like, well, I just became a white lighter, like, yesterday. So <laughs> these like, rules don't apply to me. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> like, 
I'm half white rider. He's half demon. Maybe my half could offset his half. Like, sure. Okay. <laughs> we got to wrap this up. So yeah, okay, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, what do I do? And so both her and Leo hold the hand. Like she holds Leo's hand. They take their other hand and they heal together. And that saves him. Yes. Which again, like, isn't that technically Leo breaking the rules? I mean, well, he's healing the human half and she's healing the demon half. I just still don't think that's possible. Hmm. I don't know how it's possible. If it's well, this is a white letter rule, but apparently white letter rules are just sort of like a guideline. Yeah. <laughs> you can use the power, but you still like we're just gonna like, you know, ooh, if you do it. <laughs> yeah. You you can bend and break them however you want. You'll just have to deal with the consequences later. Which probably won't be any because then none of them are on top of their game, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they don't seem to ever get repercussions for their actions. They don't, and they're, they always say you can't use powers for personal gain, and they use powers for personal gain all the time too. Um, <laughs> and of course, they they do have some repercussions happen because of that eventually, but it's very it's not very a big thing. <laughs> so yeah, I imagine like using the power for own personal gain is sort of like people who cheat on their taxes. Like you may or may not get caught. Right. Like when that audit comes, you'll know. <laughs> yeah uh where are we oh yeah cole is healed and daryl t- calls and tells the sisters that cortez gave him the tape that had evidence of their magic and this is another thing, thing that's different because in the show you see cortez come and and it literally give daryl the tape this one we just find out because he calls and tells them about it so this minor difference uh piper and phoebe leo and cole are now at p3 and they're reflecting on prue and all that happened in the last last few days with Paige. Uh, Piper still isn't sure she wants to continue the destiny thing, but we'll think about it. Um, Paige comes by and they encourage her to sit down. Um, and then Paige comes and she's like, I just want to thank you for saving my life. And she tells them, you know, Shane is okay, but he knows something weird happened to him. So he's going to break up with me. And <laughs> now, yeah, now, like, breaking up with now he is like something weird happens, something bad happens. So I, I just don't trust you, Paige. <laughs> okay. Not, not for leaving me up on the rooftop to die, but because something magical <laughs> happened. She just gives off a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paige tells them that she went to Proust funeral because okay. she tells them that it was kind of her way of finding out who she was. Um, she, you know, I just felt connected. I needed to know. And so Piper and Phoebe go, you know, come, come with us. We want to show you something. And they take her back to the manor and they summon the ghost of Patty and Paige finally meets her mother and they hug. Yeah, which, I mean, I feel like it would be a bit more awkward, but I guess she died, so it's fine. She's just like, hey, daughter, I abandoned. Sorry about that. <laughs> Mommy loves you. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yes, that's, that's pretty much the gist. But at this point, she's just like, Wow, I, I'm, I'm so sorry for abandoning you at birth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the book. So we got through end of the book, end of the episodes. Uh, did you have any final thoughts that we didn't talk about? Um, as far as it goes, no. Like the book only strayed away from a few things, but for the mark, it was pretty much what I watched. Um, this episode, like I said, was really, really good to rewatch. Like I was very entertained by. Like there's a lot of very good acting moments from the girls, which I was not expecting. Holly Marie Combs is definitely the MVP of this episode. Like she carries it a lot on her shoulders that she does. This early season four is so good for Holly. Yeah, which again, like it was different because I remember watching Charmed originally, she was my least favorite because she was just the serious, like uptight one. Yeah. But yeah, she definitely takes on a whole new character arc in this new season. 
where she's dealing with grief and also just trying to reemerge as a different person that she can't rely on the older sister. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked it. You know, I almost watched the next episode after this, you believe it or not. Like oh. it started playing and I got halfway through it before I turned it off. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> and actually when I we watched this together the first time, we did play the next episode too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you saw her break down Hell Hath No Fury scene and you're like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. So, so she does a really good job in that too. I love that they summarize all Hell Breaks Loose events as well because they have to kind of go back a little bit. They make it sound like the source had Prue killed because Cole betrayed him on the deal. When I think the only really thing that the source is guilty of is not warning the sisters that nobody is there to save them or that Phoebe is gone. So he didn't really give them the warning that he was supposed to give them. Uh, but this one makes it seem like he's like, I'm killed through because Cole betrayed me and that's how I'm getting back at you. And that's not really how it went down. I appreciate that when they were at P3 at the end, they I don't remember if they did it in the episode, but in the book, they say that they leave a spot, the spot that Prue usually sits at when they're at P3, they leave that open as a way of honoring her memory. So that was kind of a cool thing. I don't remember that part. Maybe I just missed it. I think it's only I think it's only in the book. Okay. But I did like that. It was a spot at the bar or a spot in the booths? In the booth where they sit, like at their table. Oh, okay. I think in the the show I may be wrong. I think Paige just sits in the spot. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> so because she has no boundaries, so she just sits there. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they say sit and then of course, you're going to sit in Prue's spot because that's that's the spot you're given. <laughs> uh, she could have sat on the table and honored her memory. <laughs> right? How rude. <laughs> um, next is Canonical. Put That In My Canonical Hat, which obviously this book is canon. Uh, this is one of the few books that are canon because, yeah. <laughs> Gotta get Paige in there somehow. As an episode. Um, but there are some things I wanted to mention in here too because I did like, they do say that Paige likes lollipops in this. <laughs> which later on in season four, you see her for one episode, this like sucking on lollipops all the time. Yeah, that becomes like a thing she's known for as a character thing or a character trait and she's lollipops a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, it dies down. It's something they introduce in season, season four and then they don't kind of carry through with it. But in season four, she likes lollipops. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it might be just a Rose McGowan like trope because she has lollipops in her mouth a lot in a lot of movies too. I think about- Flesh scream. A lot I think of, of like- um. A jawbreaker when she's had the whole popsicle scene in Jawbreaker. Yep. And remember in Scream when she's at the like fountain with Sydney with the little yeah. bad blonde dye job, the little lollipop. So maybe that was just a way of little Easter eggs there. Phoebe is mentioning memories of all Hell Breaks Loose memories, like when Prue and Piper go into banquet shacks or when um, Prue takes Piper to the hospital after she's been shot. Phoebe is like remembering all these memories, but she shouldn't have these memories. I mean, she would be the only one that remembers what happened in that time because time went around and she she and Leo should be the only ones that remember. But she was not there to know that stuff necessarily. She just heard about it. Yeah. So that was weird that she actually was reminiscing about those times that she wasn't really there for. So that I called that out for being non-canon. Um, and then they, they don't show the scene of Shane stabbing Cole or the scene where Cortez gives Daryl the tape, but they make it known that they've happened. And that's all I have for Canonical. Also, what a thing, what a scene to leave out in the book, like Cole getting stabbed. I feel like that was kind of an important part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they just, they kind of leave it to you to make up the gaps because he was dying in the book, but. Okay, yeah. Oh, they do say in the book that uh, Paige was left at the church on August 22nd in the show. It's actually August 2nd. Her birthday is August 2nd, not August 22nd. Oh, well. <laughs> just, just a little thing that irked me. and then The that, canon stickler that you are, yes. I know. Now we're going to do the rhyme time. Should we try a spell? Why not? 
That's dry as fell. In the wind, I send this rhyme. Bring death before me, before my time. You've really got to lay off the rhyming group. Wonderful. Witty, but wordy. I did the rhyme. I will do the time. Good night. Sure. To call a lost sister, hear the words of the witches, the secrets we hid in the night, the oldest of the gods are invoked here. The great work of magic is sought in this night and in this hour. I call upon ancient power. Bring back my sister. Bring back the power of three. So this is actually a play off of that. If you remember the first book we did, the first episode, that was the spell to give them the powers. Okay. The only thing that's added is to bring back my sister, bring back the power of three. All of that before that is in the first spell to give them the powers. They just modified it. So in this universe, is necromancy not a thing? Uh, There is a necromancer in the show. Okay. Graham's dated him. <laughs> and there is a part, there is another episode in season seven with zombies. Uh, But I imagine it's like practical magic where they don't do that magic. Because it right. never works out. <laughs> right. It's it's not huge. It's there, but it's not like a huge thing. Call a lost witch. Okay, I'll do this one. Put the following ingredients in a silver mortar, a pinch of rosemary, a sprig of cypress, a yarrow root, grind with a pestle while chanting, power of the witches rise, course unseen across the skies, come to us who call you near, come to us and settle here. Uh, oh. And then spill the blood of the caller into, into mortal and continue the chanting, blood to blood I summon thee, blood to blood return to me. So how do you feel about that one? That one rhymes a little better. It's a little more to the point, the first one, but this one, I mean, that's cute. <laughs> yes, and that spell is used a lot. It's probably that spell that's used the most in the entire series. Uh, and it's technically two different spells because there's one they use in How to Make a Quilt of Americans. That's the one that the old ladies used to call their powers out of them. But they also have the other one to call a lost witch here. And it's used uh, a lot, those particular words. Um, Let's see. Am I summoning the dead? You're going to summon the dead. Okay. Place five candles in a loose circle on the floor. Light the candles and then chant. Hear these words. Hear my cry. Spirit from the other side. Come to me. I summon thee. Cross now the great divide. Okay. That one is fun. So this is the raise the dead spell. That's the one they used to summon the ghosts of Patty and Graham. Oh, okay, gotcha. I love that spell though. It's one of my favorite ones. It's so easy to remember. It's, it has a really great flow. It's it's fun for me. Let's see, Shaq's vanquishing uh, vanquishing spell. Evil wind that blows that which forms below. No longer may you dwell. Death takes you with the spell. That's another iconic one. Okay, so that is one, two, three, four bars. Yes. That's all it took to vanquish him and you killed one of their sisters. Yep. Good lord. I know. That's just how fragile that power of three was. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to have your favorite Timbeck 2 spell here. Are you ready? Oh my God. Here we go. To send one away. Take him back. Take him away. Remove him now. Don't let him stay. We call the spirits to help undo. Send him off to Timbuk 2. Take one him. wonders what Timbuk 2 he was sent to. I hope it was the restaurant. I know. <laughs> that one, Right? You could have got a nice meal before you were sent to the lava pit. We call the spirits to help undo. And sent him off to Timbuktu. <laughs> uh, and, uh, enchantment spell. Speak these words to enchant an object. Magic forces far and wide. Enchant these so those can't hide. Allow this witch to use therein so she may reveal the evil within. Magical. Oh, and that's the that's the, the power that the source uses, right? No, that's the spell they use to enchant the glasses. Oh, okay. Sun, little pink sunglasses. 
Oh, because the Saurus don't need no spells. He's just his evil powers. Yes, yes. All right. What is this, some kind of game? Grimlord Games! Some people think this is entertainment. And then I call this Speedy Stupid Simple. Okay. I'm going to just try to name them as fast as you can. Okay. Uh, supposed to be like easy questions that the casual Charmed fan would know. Okay. And I'm going to put 45 seconds on the clock. <laughs> okay. And I'm just going to read them as fast as I can. You can skip. If there's one you don't know, you can say skip and just go to the next one. And we'll come back to it if we need to. Okay. Um, so let me just get my timer ready. This is going to be a disaster because I know very, I have a very limited knowledge of charm. <laughs> well, these are, these are ones that I thought would be easy. So, okay. But I'm sure you'll, there'll be some that still kind of trip you up, but uh, it'll be fun. Okay. okay. <laughs> are you ready? Yes. Who's the oldest sister? Prue. Who's the youngest sister? Uh, Paige. Which actress plays Phoebe? Holly Marie Combs. Oh, no, Alyssa Milano. What artifact is stored in the attic? The Book of Shadows. What is the name of their white lighter? Leo. Name a Prue power? Uh, moving shit. Sure. Name a Paige power? Uh, moving stuff with, with lights. <laughs> name one of Piper's children? Shane? Sean? Ashton? Skeddy. Skeddy. <laughs> Phoebe's demon boyfriend? Cole. Name of the theme song? Um, How Soon Is Now. What city does the show take place? San Francisco. What animal is Kit? A cat? <laughs> yes. Name of the nightclub? A P3. Name of Piper Power? Um, freezing. Name of Phoebe Power? Feeling stuff too much. What color is the manor? Uh, beige? No, it's like orangish, pinkish almost, like a coral. Yeah. What actress plays Prue? Prue is Shandori. Symbol of the Book of Shadows. <laughs> Swirls in a circle. <laughs> Triquetra. Uh, most powerful witches, aka blank. Most powerful witch is Prue. All right, well, what are, the, what are they known as? The most powerful witches are known as the blank. Oh, the source? Charmed ones. Charmed ones. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Blake will set us free. The power of three? Yes. And my timer didn't work because it was actually going on 45 minutes. So that was. <laughs> so we'll just say you got what you got. Um, what did you. Oh, the one you didn't get was uh, one of Piper's children. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Aiden? None of those. It was Wyatt or Chris or Melinda. You uh, yeah, I had to go off like early 2000s baby names. <laughs> <laughs> you know what names their kid Wyatt anymore? <laughs> she, yeah, she, well, she named Wyatt him Wyatt because that that's Leo's last name is Wyatt. And that's, oh. that, that's where that came from. Uh, but yeah, okay. That was fun. Just quick, easy questions that were, weren't all as easy. <laughs> she should have went easy with me and just went Leo Jr. Leo Jr. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's the game. So the next thing is tips for future whitelers. I was out being a force of good in the universe. Do you have a moral of the story? Moral of the story is if you lie on your application, you can become an oracle. <laughs> you, I want to be an oracle. I would totally right? rock that sexy look. I'm down. <laughs> and I guess another moral of the story is in Shows by Aaron Spelling, there is always a secret sibling somewhere. Okay, I can dig it. <laughs> uh, my tip is change is scary and painful and emotional. 
change isn't good or bad. Some things we just can't control and we must learn to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very serious. I'm very like, here's some life goals for you people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you know, there, you might have a secret sibling. You never know. Just, just go with it. So that's the end. Uh, where do people find you since you're so famous and popular and wonderful? <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I am James Mansell with James with the Y on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Yeah, and you can find the podcast pages at uh, Words of the Witches on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, all of those. We don't do Twitter because I don't like Twitter, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But all those. And then if you want to find my other podcast, Hanging with the Hallowells with my friend Sean, we got that. And if you want to find my personal page, you can go to KGZ87. All right, we are done. We are in the new section of books with the page era. And we will see you in two weeks. Your destiny ah. still awaits. Ooh, magic.